Hey, y'all. Welcome to Latte and Laundry. I'm Suzanne Bilodeau, and I am so honored to be with you here as we navigate motherhood, wifehood, sisterhood, and everything in between. This is a podcast for my fellow imperfect people who want to grow in greater communion with our most perfect God. So join me and my friends as we laugh, cry, dive deep, and explore with one another as we journey towards stilling our souls while moving our world. Okay, friends, we are back again. I'm so excited to be recording with Jana again. This is our fifth episode in our six-part series on abandonment to divine providence. Um, And we will be talking about the, in my book, the fifth chapter, which is titled, I will find it here, Only Complete and True Faith Enables the Soul to Accept with Joy Everything That Happens to It. Okay. And I'm going to open us up with um, Bible verse, which is Psalm 32, 8 through 9. It says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my loving eye on you. Okay. Um, I love this chapter because he's very often and frequently talking about souls that feel like they are not tasting and feeling the spiritual gifts and joys from God and feel like they are actually far away because either they're falling into sin or they're just not getting the spiritual consolation. And um, what I love is that he really highlights how frequently they are, and most often they are precisely where God wants them. And he talks about this, um, I'm sorry. Hi, Jana. You didn't even get to say hi. I just like dove right in. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. so he, in on my page 92, he really, I love this quote where he says, what is really astonishing is that those who have not been enlightened by God about the true state of affairs, we seem to be obstinate, disobedient, troublesome, and contemptuous and angry. We feel this way about ourselves too, and there seems to be no remedy. The harder we try to cure these faults, the worse they get. For they are part of God's design and the best means of destroying self-love and preparing us for union with him. And I just love this because I think, especially like if you're listening to this podcast or any podcast or reading this book, you have a desire to grow in faith and virtue and intimacy with Jesus. (laughs) Sorry, John, I just went bug-eyed about a possible interruption in our our (laughs) casting episode um we are good um but you're we're, we have this desire right and i think one of the traps for us can often be that we are really hard on ourselves in in one way which is really good when we are not living the virtuous life or we are not living up to what we know is the calling on our hearts to um to live and to love and we often are messing up or we don't have the spiritual consolation or feeling that intimacy with God and we can get the problem is we can get really riled up about that and feel like we're just quote-unquote failing in whether it's our faith and our spirituality or whatever it is and I love this because he says the harder we try to cure these faults the worse they get because again it goes back to we're trying to take control and we're trying to fix what we think is broken. And we are now making an idol of perfection and perfect virtue and living a sinless life. And all those desires are good. But when we have that grasp to try to fix it and perfect it, again, we are 
stepping in the place of God so that we often don't even recognize what it says here that these are actually part of God's design and best means of destroying self-love and preparing us for union with him. Yeah, when we step into that seat of control, like, oh, I got to fix it. And I definitely fall to this often. I'm prone to uh, anger, I think is probably, you know, just the word for it. Um, I can like get real, real mad real quick. And I'm learning, you know, there's so much underneath that. But Mm -hmm. for the sake of what we're talking about, like even that belongs to God. Mm -hmm. All of my failings, my quick temper, when I get disheveled quickly, or when I say something that I just wish I didn't say because it came out before I could think about it, that belongs to him. And just that movement towards him, that turning towards him of like, Lord, do something with this because I can't fix it. But the mm-hmm. temptation is always to be like, okay, I'm just going to pray more. I'm just going to do this. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to get back into my routine, which is all good. Again, the, the things that are good, but they belong to God. Mm-hmm. And we allow him to, to work in us and move in us and allow his mercy to pour out on us. Mm-hmm. Like his love is his mercy. His mercy is his love. Amen. And, you know, equal to his majesty is the mercy that he shows. And I think that's been kind of his, his movement over my life. Like, okay, I, I could be kind of wild. And he's like, I want you to be wild, but let's, let's do this together. Mm. You know, let me show you my mercy in this. And it's created this majesty. So even like, like today I was at mass and I, I had just said something that I probably shouldn't have said to my mom because she made me really angry. <laughs> and I just sitting there looking at the cross and I'm like, I, I want to fix this. I want to, I'm such a sinner, just like feeling that weight of that shame. Like, why am I this way? And him just being like, look at me, just look at me. That's all you have to do is look at me. And I like stand still. I will do the rest. You know, be immovable, be indifferent in a good way. And opening myself up, making that space to let him do that, that work and change that has to occur in me. You know, that makes sense. No, it's perfect. Because again, I think um, that was really beautiful, Jenna. I think when we run to the place of needing to fix everything, we are not giving him the space to step in and turn your gaze on mm-hmm. him. Because again, we're in control and we have to fix everything and we have to be perfect. And and it blocks us from that mercy of him. And it does, doesn't mean we should be quote unquote, content with being sinful. Like, no, absolutely it doesn't not. mean like, yeah. oh, okay, well then whatever I do doesn't matter. This is not a call <laughs> not to say, no, yeah. no, right. And I, and I, but go I feel this. Go off the rails. Yeah, yeah, go off the rails because whatever, <laughs> as long as you don't care. Yeah. It doesn't mean be a free spirit and don't care about anything. It just means to have that baseline indifference to even your own sinfulness where you're not going to fall under the weight of crazy shame where you're going to crawl into bed or, I mean, I know this, my own experience, and I see this in people I love too dearly, where we do something that messes up and our shame becomes so big that when we mess up more, because mm-hmm. our shame is great, had we like surrendered in that moment to our frailty, to our humanity, to allowing the mercy of God to come in, whether that's running to the confessional or looking at him at the crucifix and letting him gaze upon you, that quickly... Really, like that's like the greatest pathway to holiness often is just allowing his mercy to come in and transform those places and not us actually doing anything or fixing anything or being more perfect mm-hmm. but just being receptive to receiving him and being open to him in all those really hard 
Yeah. I always see the image of like hands clenched. Mm. You know, like you're just like holding mm. everything to yourself. Yes. And trying to have this vulnerability with God. Mm. But really opening your heart. Like this is what I'm struggling with. I think it was St. Maximilian, Maximilian Colby who said, I, this is not a direct quote. I just literally, the idea of it, I, I remember nothing. But even when you are in mortal sin, like hand it over to Our Lady. Like just mm. give it to her and turn back to God. Like quickly, don't ruminate on what you've done. Do not allow that shame mm. to cover you because mm-hmm. that is a barrier between you and God. Amen. You know, that shame, it can open our eyes for an instant, but that he doesn't want us to carry that. He wants to take it and Because he doesn't us. want our tur- us to turn our backs on right. him. He doesn't want us to go high. inward. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. And he goes on to say this in this same um, area, he says, the state of self-abandonment gains its greatest merit from these trials. In performing the duties of the present moment, everything tends to draw us from the path of love and simple obedience. We need great love and heroic courage to hold fast to a straightforward and active faith and to join confidently in the song in which grace also takes part, but sings a different tune in a different key which convinces us that we are deceived and have gone astray. We hear nothing else, and if we have the courage to ignore the rumbling of the thunder, the lightning flashes, and the tumult of the tempest, and advance steadily along the way of love and of obedience to the duties and inspirations of every moment, it can be said we resemble Jesus during his passion, when our Savior walked firmly along the path of love for his Father and in total submission to his will. To look like Jesus, if that ain't the end goal of all this, I don't know what what is. Um, but yeah, so um, sorry, I just digressed. Um, I think this is when you're like with somebody who's used to doing podcasts. I, they would swoop in. <laughs> I'm just staring at you, going through your notes. Like, uh huh. <laughs> tell us more. <laughs> um, but no, but then it goes on to talk about Jesus and Mary in the darkest of nights. All right. This is what it says. The hearts of Jesus and Mary, bearing the fury of that darkest of nights, let the clouds gather in a storm rage. A multitude of things in appearance most opposed to the designs of God and of his order overwhelm their faculties. But though deprived of all sensible support, they walked without faltering in the path of love and obedience. Their eyes were fixed only on what they had to do, and leaving God to act as he pleased with all that concerned them, they endured the whole weight of that divine action. They groaned under the burden, but not for a single instant did they waver or pause. They believed that all would be well, provided that they kept on their way and let God act. I mean, that, we can think to some of like the greatest sufferings that we've endured. I mean, part of my story, and I think, you know, the Holy Spirit's prompting me right now because I don't talk about this a lot, but I was a missionary and I conceived um, my son when I was a missionary and the darkest oh, my voice just cracked the darkest of what I can remember you know in my in my present life some of the darkest moments were coming home after that mm. and just like the nights with a newborn and sitting in what was just this unbelievable failure and being overwhelmed by darkness mm. and just the quiet of the night but what accompanies that is this feeling of peace. Like God doesn't abandon us. And even though like recalling those moments, you know, I could start weeping right now because it was oh. so hard. There's a sweetness to it because I wasn't alone. 
and I can't say obviously that I did this perfectly where I, or even at all, you know, consciously was like, Lord, this is your moment. Right, right. But he showed up either way because he always does. Mm -hmm. And I can look back now, like, oh, you were there Mm -hmm. in those, the darkest moment of, you know, one of my greatest sufferings, you were there. Mm. This reminds me of that. No, that's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that, Jenna. Um, and it just goes back to what, like, you, you, I feel like it's been also your mantra for the last, like, I don't know, months. His, his way. Yeah, his ways are better. His ways are better. Yeah. Now, I, I mean, I wouldn't change a thing now, which is, I never thought I would say that. Mm. Yeah. And you can see where, by the grace of God, he allowed what felt like an intense and it was not just it felt like an intense cross and suffering and opposite of your plans where he swooped in or was already there not even swooping in but was already there turning it into a great part of his great story yeah and and allowed me to experience his mercy Mm. like just being able to be his child and feeling the love of god in my failure Mm. in this this way that I turned away from him. He just whipped me back around with his hands on my shoulders of like, no, you have to look at me. Mm. You know, like I'm, I'm not going anywhere. Mm. And that experience of his mercy now, have, I have new eyes for, for suffering and for, you know, people who are outside the, the realm of what looks like perfection, you know, mm. in, the, in the faith. And I feel like he's often just crying out to us, like, let me love you. Like, yeah. Stop turning away. Let me hold you. Let me love you. Like you keep saying, look at me. Mm. Yeah. And that's really beautiful. And it's again, like he says, it's that state of self-abandonment gains its greatest merit from these trials. Um, And it might not feel it and you might not be able to experience it. You might not be able to like feel like you're open to surrendering and submitting in some of these really dark, hard moments. But it's even the aftermath. Like he knew in all of your story, he knew from the moment you were on mission to where you'd be sitting, mm-hmm. right? And like he knew if only your heart would turn to him in some of these really hard places, the glory that he was going to bring about through you, through your story. And now look, like I feel like that intimacy with him is even greater because you experience his mercy. And if the end goal is communion with him, right? Why are we born? To seek love and know the Lord um, so that we can, and to serve him and so that we could um, serve him on this life and spend eternity and happiness with him forever in the next. And he knows us, like you said in the last episode, he knows us so personally, so individually that if that's why we were created, he knows how, if we submit and surrender, how to get us there. And it might not look like what we had in mind. Mm-hmm. Right. And you think about that for your kid. I think about this all the time for my children. I pray for my children all the time. And the thing I say when I do my rosary is, Let them seek you. Let them know you. Let them love you. Let them find comfort in your perfect grace. Like, I don't care. I mean, yes. Do I get caught up in the day-to-day of like what sport they'll be involved in and what classes they're taking and blah, blah, blah. And am I teaching them right in this way? So it's not like I'm totally outside of all the practicalities. I'm not. But my main goal, my main prayer, my main heart cry is for them just to know our Lord and to desire that intimacy and that union with him so that they will spend eternity with him in heaven. And so I have to trust and abandon myself even to their story of like, okay, so what is that going to look like? It might not look like that perfect tied with a bow box that I desire. That's the easy way as a mom heart mm-hmm. to watch them experience, to bring him them to greater communion, to get to that intimacy and that greater communion. I have to trust that that might look different. That might not look like what I, I mean, you think of St. Monica all the time, right? I was just going to say St. Monica. Okay. Yeah. 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 
right? Like it might be on our deathbed. It might, we might not see it at all. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. Like we might not see it on this side of the veil. Um, but it's again, it's even like abandoning ourselves in that. And I, if there's anything you want to make that for me is difficult to abandon myself, it's for my children because I just, you know, we just care so much. Um, but it's even more important there that we can have that witness for our children of abandoning and surrendering, even in our motherhood, of knowing that his ways are best. And it's something that my sister has been helping walk me through too, is that it's the same way that we are, some of our greatest, the state of self-abandonment, some of its greatest merit we gain through these trials, the same for our children. The trials they endure, the things they experience in this life. Sometimes as a mom, I just want to like fix it, sweep them up, have them not deal with any suffering, whatever. But instead, it's that accompanying them through that, those trials that can allow them and have them be open to receiving his mercy, to receiving his comfort, to receiving his love. But when we step in and we say, no, you're not going to suffer at all, we don't even allow them to experience that. We're taking away their freedom too. Oh, 100%. Yeah. So when, when they're allowed to live freely as they're supposed to, you know, this freedom that's been given by God, we have to know it first for ourselves. It's almost counterintuitive mm-hmm. as a mom. Mm-hmm. Like you want to be the barrier so much so that you want to take on all the sufferings Amen. of your child. You're always like, come on, God, give it to me instead. Yeah. yeah. But sometimes they just, they need to have that freedom and we have to know what it feels like to stand mm. immovable before mm. Christ and have that act of trust. And that act of faith, like, I know they belong to you. So do what you do what you need to do. And that's not, that's not easy. That's impossible. That's impossible. Well. <laughs> um, Nothing is impossible. Why is it going to say? Um, so there's this quote on, again, it's my page. 96, is it? Um, oh, where he talks again, and we'll talk about it more next week too, but he talks um, a bit in this chapter about, not knowing what God is doing in each of these pres- like if you're going to surrender and you're going to submit like I think again it's this control like I always call myself a, rec- a recovering like perfectionist a control freak I'm still working on it um my childhood was really like very dysfunctional and chaos and out of order so to cope I love I love Jenna so much with what she's doing because she's like yes I I understand. Are we um, going to talk about parts right now? Are we yeah, talk about parts? Yes. <laughs> so um, is to control to then have order and that again is now a disordered way that I live out these places of woundedness and whatever. And so I think it can be really terrifying for those that love control to surrender and submit and go okay well I don't know what surrendering and submit is going to look like I don't know if just because I surrender to submit that everything's going to work out dandy quote unquote as I was expecting it to work out or if I'm going to experience that peace we they talk about in this book um but again it's it's not knowing that but moving forward anything which anyway which is that still that greatest um that greatest um surrender and submission so I'm just going to close us up this episode with this quote from the end of the chapter and we'll probably go more into kind of this topic as he dives in deeper of it on it next week but um this quote says thus beloved souls you cannot know from where you came nor where you are going nor can you know from what idea of god you have been produced nor to what end it is leading you for you there remains only a passive self-abandonment carrying on without thinking and concerned with no models or examples or any particular mode of spirituality. You must act when it is time for action and stop when it is time to stop. 
In this self-abandonment, you read or put books aside, talk to people or keep silent, write or drop your pen, and never know what will follow. Finally, after several transformations, the formed and finished soul, now endowed with wings, flies up to heaven, but leaves on earth a fertile seed to work in other souls. Fire! Um, all right, friends. Well, it was so lovely to to connect with you all and dive deep into this this um, this second to last section or chapter, if you will, on abandonment to divine providence. So, let me close this up in prayer, and then we will catch up with you guys next week. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, Amen. Lord, I thank you once again for the blessing of this time with Jana and to just really. Um, reflect on and discuss uh, you and your perfect ways. I pray that for all of us here listening and to diving into this book, that we may really understand and lean into the truth that it is often through our greatest trials and a self-abandonment in this place that we grow even more intimately with you and will have a greater experience of that unearthly joy that just does not make sense I pray, Jesus, that you will continue to draw us most perfectly into your sacred heart as we continue to move in every second, in every hour, and in every day with a greater openness and receptivity to allowing you to take the lead so that we may move through this life obeying and following your most perfect will. I ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. The Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay, friends, we will catch up with you next week for our last episode on the series. Bye. God bless. Thanks for journeying alongside me today, friend. And if this episode or any of the episodes have blessed you, I'd be so honored if you shared it with a friend, rated, or left a review. And as always, you can connect with me at Suzanne at LatteAndLaundry.com. God bless.